Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. is up Bruins fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is a bonus edition we're doing the uh 2021 post nhl trade deadline talk just for the bruins uh no time to go through the whole league and that madness that happened so uh, i do have some great guests on today but before we bring in those guests i do want to talk about our patreon account that we have and uh, if you donate one dollar per episode let me put that information up here you can be uh, involved in uh, some great Bruins giveaways that we do every week, which is, uh, you know, it's a signed, I don't have it available, like a signed Andy Moog um, um, picture or another, a Johnny Busick signed picture or those those things we give away weekly. But we also give away hand signed jerseys, Charlie Coyle. This guy went to the Bruins Luchador. So congratulations, Luch, on winning this. And he won that for just a buck. So if you donate $1 at the information below, you can get involved in some fantastic giveaways. It really helps us fall support your company. And, uh, you know, we love uh, taking money in, paying the bills, but also taking half of that and, uh, you know, rolling it over to buy more gifts uh, to give away. So um, with that being said, I want to welcome everybody to the, uh, the program Thank you for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. But um, a great deal of gratitude is to the three gentlemen that are with me today. Uh, right over here is um, is Rafi, and he's from Calgary. So we, we got a nice Canadian guy joining us. Right down here is another Canadian guy. That's Mike Dalby. Welcome, Mike. And uh, over here uh, to the bottom right, I believe on right, left, yeah, is uh, my boy uh, Andrew Taverna, and he is uh, our tech guy and a writer and podcaster at the blackandgoldhockeypodcast.com, Black and Gold Hockey website, whatever. Andrew, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, not too much, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I look forward to talking about some trades. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you all for coming in, by the way. I, I really appreciate the time. And uh, this is uh, going to be a fun little discussion. There's like no agenda at all. We're just uh, off the cuff, just trying to get some um, some content together. But um, let's hit it. Um, where do we want to go first? You want to go for the biggest trade, the ones that made the biggest news, or, or go for the uh, the smaller one and work our way back? I mean, my, my vote is to go with the – what's that? I say big one. Yeah, let's my vote yeah, well. to go with the big one. All my right, let's, strong. let's do it. Last night, the Boston Bruins pulled off while basically everybody was asleep. Um, and anybody that had the insiders were floating the uh, the rumors around, but the Boston Bruins made a trade. Don Sweeney has a pulse, folks. Can you believe it? He has a pulse. He traded Anders Bjork a 2021 second round pick and I believe a 2022 second round pick. Uh, that could be conditional, I'm not sure, for Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar of the Buffalo Sabres. Um, thoughts on this trade? Because uh, we this one could we could talk about for a while. Let's go to let's go um, around the clock. Let's go to Rafi first, then we'll go to Andrew, and then we'll go to Mike, and then we'll just go around like that. Yeah, um, my initial thought, I saw it last night. I was just getting ready for bed, and uh, I looked, and then I obviously didn't sleep much after that because I kept having to refresh to see if it went through, if it was legit. Uh, I was shocked that that's all they gave up for it. I uh, I had a feeling uh, Bjork was going to be moved. Uh, I mean, it didn't make sense that he was scratched, what, five games in a row? I mean, he hadn't been great leading up to it, but I, I don't think he had done anything to warrant you know, five games straight with nothing. So I kind of had a feeling he'd be moving, but for him in a second to get not only Taylor Hall with, with only half the salary. Um, I think Curtis Lazar is a, is, you know, has the potential to be a sneaky good pickup for the bottom six. And uh, I really, especially seeing some of the other trades today, I feel like uh, Sweeney fleeced the Sabres on this one. Nice. Andrew, what's up? Yeah, I mean, so I guess I can see the comment here. Why do I hate Taylor Hall 71? Uh, first off, because he picked the number 71. Uh, no, um, I think my my biggest issue with Hall, and I was very vocal about it, obviously, on Twitter uh, for our friends here. My biggest issue with Hall is commitment to actually winning. Talks a big game about winning, but then he he goes and signs with Buffalo. Listen, the money was there. He thought he could put up points with Eichel. Didn't work out. Good for him for waving his, you know, uh, his no movement clause there because he needed to get somewhere other than Buffalo. Uh, if he wants to stand any shot at increasing his value next year, uh, as Rafi said, I think it's a steal to be honest. Um, Buffalo kind of gave away everything that was there uh, between last night and today. So um, I'm not sure what what management's doing up there. I'm sure they're trying to salvage something out of this season, but. Uh, all in all, I'm, I'm happy because of the price. I'm still not sold on the player, but I can certainly be convinced otherwise if he starts to score goals and puts up points. So, uh, Mike Dalby, what's up, my friend? How's it going, man? What are your thoughts on this uh, big deal here? Uh, that just, I mean, reiterating what these two guys just said, huge win for the Bruins. Like, I don't, nothing bad at all i see zero negative bjork is a bottom six like fringe player the two second picks who knows what could happen um I, I was a big do not move the first round pick 
going into this trade deadline. So they didn't do that. Um, all the prospects are still there that I wanted to see stay there. So none of them are gone. The roster is virtually unaffected. Plenty of guys that can fill in where Bjork has played. And then, uh, I mean, it's Taylor Hall. He's <laughs> the guy's a beast. Uh, I don't care where he's played or what people's opinions of him are. The teams he's been on, I have no idea how he lands there, but they're bottom of the barrel teams. He's never been surrounded by the talent that's here. Just the culture, the winning culture. He's never had that. The leadership, he's never had that. Um, I'm interested to see what happens because if he can take off like he did with his MVP season, uh, this could be lethal. Yeah, um, I could agree with that, but I'm I'm looking at it from a couple angles too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not taking everybody's opinion all in once, but um, yeah, I like the trade. Okay, but I like the trade even more if Don Sweeney can get him locked down uh, for future yeah. services. I'm not saying that this move, uh, the the, um, the acquisition of Lazar or this guy Mike Riley are the moves that are, are, are pointing the needle towards a Stanley Cup this year. But Careful, Mike. Uh, you're going to piss off some fans. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, God, Andrew, honestly, God, if you look at the team that started this season, they were a wagon, and then injuries happened. It's, it, it's just one of those shit show seasons, to be honest with you. It's freaking COVID times. Everybody just seems uncomfortable. The Bruins are like a uh, an escalator. You're either up or down. We don't know what's actually going on with this team. So it's hard for me to really say, yes, this is a cup contender. I'm not going to be that fanboy that says that all the time. <laughs> I'm going to be more of the realistic guy that just says, it doesn't look like we have it this year. But an addition like this with uh, Taylor Hall and the other two complementary pieces in these deals, if you can get Hall locked in after this season, I like what happens next year even more than this year. For the fact is that we're going to have almost $30 million in cap space, and you could build around the Bergeron, the Hall, and whatever complimentary piece you get. And I don't even think all this shit's over with. The trade deadline might be over with today and this year for this Boston Bruins team, but they could still be involved in trades at the uh, at the draft uh, and then and, and hammer, hammer the free agent market. With the available funds that you have, obviously you still have to lock in uh, McAvoy and Carlo and all those pieces that are currently on this team. But this is it. I'm giving next year hot seat Donnie and hot seat Cam. If you guys can't figure it out, get in the playoffs this year and just maybe a first round bounce. Who knows? But if you don't do anything next year, then that I, I want I want out of the Sweeney and Cam Neely era, and I don't want to bring in any former Bruins that uh, <laughs> to uh, do any of the uh, man- managerial stuff. I want a fresh perspective. I want to build. I think two. So two things to that. Um, one, my perspective on him resigning Hall. If there's a GM that can do it at a reasonable cost, Sweeney seems to be the guy. The guys he's gotten to buy into the system to sign extensions, to stay with the team for less money than you think they would. That seems to be up until today, maybe, or last night, what I would have perceived as actually his only skill set. So that's one area where if they feel he's a fit and they actually think they can do something with him, I do think that this is an organization that can get him to stay. That said, 
I think he does have to produce something, right? I mean, I know we we see a lot of these low-risk, high-reward situations. This is high-risk for Hall himself, right? Because this is going to dictate what kind of contract he gets next. And the Bruins aren't going to give him six years at $8 million. So, like, if that's what he's looking for next, he's not going to get it here. Yeah, that's a fair point. Absolutely. I, uh, I think, um, I don't know. I, I like a lot of what I'm hearing from Hall and, and also from, a, I, I can't remember the names, just passing on Twitter. Um, I've seen a, a couple insiders say that, uh, you know, the GM in Buffalo was pretty well handcuffed by Hall. He didn't want to wave to go anywhere. He wanted to be in Boston. You know, him saying that he was close to coming to Boston last offseason. Obviously, yeah. he went for the money. But, you know, can't fault a guy for that. Um, I think he does have a lot to prove. And uh, I don't know. I, I I think, well, I think Sweeney can get him at a lower number than eight for sure. And it'd, it'd be really nice if he can get him on a shorter term see, and see what he can do for a couple seasons here. That would, I think that would be uh, – uh- Five and a half for two or three years. Um, That'd be awesome. That that's, that's what I'm hoping for. And that's the type of deal he's gotten guys to sign, right? Those two or three year deals at reasonable money. If he can do that, then I'm all in. If he goes out and spends even seven, right? Like I just, I just, I'm not there for it right now. Even if he comes in and scores 15 goals, right? Like I just, the guys had been to enough teams. I don't know if you guys have seen that little Grim Reaper with all the doors of the oh, different yeah. <laughs> teams he's been on, right? Like that the guy's been enough places that I feel like this is a great, great opportunity. And I, I see a comment about Krejci here. So I do want to touch on that. Um, this is a great opportunity for him. In terms of Krejci, regardless of what you do with Hall, Please, please do not overvalue 46 in this offseason. He's been a great Bruin. He's been dedicated to this team. You've overpaid him for a long time. So unless he's coming in and taking a super team-friendly deal for one year, let him either retire or go play at home. Like, one of those two things. But let's not overvalue 46 because Hall comes in and, and does something amazing if he does. I will say that um, if anybody's going to be like you said, uh, you know, that Sweeney could talk down a player like Taylor Hall. He's going to have to do that to his uh, his current players right now because yep. I it, I don't see I can't see Krejci getting big numbers to stick around and make this cap work while you're trying to gain assets off of either trades or um, off season uh, signings. You know it. it I mean, if you get Rask back, he's not going to be $7 million. I would offer him four for two more years. Uh, Halak, if he comes back, give him the same 2.25. You know, keep yourself at, at, at $6 million instead of 9 You free up a little bit of space there. Excuse me. Taking a sip out of that big water mug right there. <laughs> yeah, man. I was freaking choking. Um <laughs> But yeah, I just uh, you got to make it work with the the team that you have, and if you want to bring these these guys back, and I'm 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 fully on board with uh, being patient with these goaltenders. I am not one of the shiny new toy guys that say, 
screw Rask and screw freaking, you know, Halak, and we're going with the kids. That's you t- watch, watch, watch Philadelphia fly games. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by the fact that uh, Nick is here. Um, Nick Boos is in the house. What up? He- he is. He's he's telling me that Sweeney's got big old nuts. Uh, and based on based on what I saw him say on Twitter this morning, I actually want to know whether he re- literally knows that or if uh, that's figurative. But anyways, um, I think the the point for me is that you finally potentially potentially created a second line, right? You you finally made it so that your top line doesn't have to be the only productive line on your team. Is this enough to at least start to solve secondary scoring? And then I don't think you did enough to shore up the D to make a long cup run, uh, right? I don't want to hear about Rask because Rask has been an elite goaltender for a long time, um, right? Like there, we'll, we'll hear things about it anyways, even though I say I don't want to, so that's fine. Um, but, you know, your your defense is still kind of your weak spot. And, and don't get me wrong, I know we'll get to him, but Riley's a sneaky good pickup, I think. Um, I think he'll be a great addition uh, to the to the back end there, but I still don't know that you did enough to make it so you're you're in contention for for a long haul here. Maybe you made it to the second round instead of dropping out in the first, or potentially with injuries just completely flailing and falling out before the playoffs, which I would hope wouldn't happen. But Mike, what do you think, Dolby? <clears throat> um. I do think that the oh, with a healthy team here, keyword, you get everybody back from injuries. I think this top nine, I think the like your fourth line's a revolving door. You can toss anybody in there at this rate. They've got so many guys that can fill those bottom positions. Um, I don't know for like discussion topic, I avoid it. Throw Frederick Kirley. Wagner, Kuhlman, Lazar on that fourth line, whatever. It's going to work and it is what it is. Um, but that top nine, healthy, um, everybody playing good is up there with the best in the league. I think um, the one thing they've been lacking, as everybody knows for years, is that secondary scoring. Hall does that, he makes their power play deadly. Like that's gonna that has potential to be probably uh, the best in the league, if not top three easily. Who loses um, their spot on that power play? That's gonna be huge. Come uh, playoffs, like your special teams is gonna be massive. Um, the question I wonder: somebody has to play an off wing. I don't think DeBrusque moving to the right side is smart at all. And I don't think giving DeBrusque less minutes is smart either. But you're not going to play him over Hall and Marchand. I just don't see that. So, I mean, he's going to be a lock on the third line. So does that push Richie down to fourth line left wing? I think so. And DeBrusque third line left wing. So probably looking at like, I don't know, DeBrus Coyle and whoever, right wing on three, and then probably Richie, Curley, give Lazar a shot. Not a bad idea. Um, 
regarding the signing the off season too, I think that's that's the biggest thing with this trade. If they move all that and get Hall, uh, nothing happens in the playoffs or not like uh, with the core that they've kept in place and haven't moved anybody out. If a cup doesn't happen, you've got to sign Hall or what was any of it for. Then it's all a waste and a wash. And then the Seattle draft. I mean, that's a whole other, I don't even know. You're yeah. gonna have to make you're gonna have to make a side deal. You're gonna have to make some deal with Seattle to hold on to some of these guys, or waiting till after that to put pen to paper. But my hope is, uh, when it comes to the expansion draft, I think Lozon is probably gone if they're gonna look for defensemen, um, or you leave like Richie exposed because I think he's overperforming on just the minutes he's had with the guys that he's played with. but And he's, in my opinion, there's enough players that can fill in there. But I think the Seattle draft in the offseason is going to be where uh, this pays off or proves to be just a massive waste. Because if you did all this for Hall, nothing happens in the playoff. Uh, no real legit cup run. And then Hall leaves. What was it all for? Yeah. Especially with these guys that are Krejci, UFA, Rask, Halak, like the core is getting older. Everybody knows that. And the door is closing. I think signing Hall right now, you've left that door open a little bit more than before. But if he leaves, then what? Back to square one. And it was all for nothing. Yep. I totally agree with that. And, um, and I, I know I talked about it before we went live, but uh, Joe Haggerty sent out a tweet not too long ago um, from the Don Sweeney press conference uh, after today's uh, festivities and says, Don Sweeney on potentially signing Taylor Hall beyond this season. And this is, uh, like I said, it is a little concerning to me because I really wanted him to come here and then sign immediately. I didn't want to, this to be a, a, a rental type situation. Um, and it, it comes down to success and fitting in. I think the proof will be within, uh, will be in the results. So he, he's basically saying, if you want to be here, you want to be a Boston Bruin for further than this season, show us. What if, what if the Boston Bruins don't they get bounced in that first round? And is he the type of player that goes, geez, I don't, I don't know about this place, you know? Even if he even if he signs, Don Sweeney's going to knock uh, take me down, you know, a bunch of notches. I'm not sure if I want to be here. What what he could be a flight risk too. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe Hall. Right, like that was part of what I had been saying online that I think got me so much heat. Like, I you you can't come out and say I want to be a winner. I'm willing to do anything to win. Sign in Buffalo, then say I only wanted to go to Boston. My guess, honestly, is. Less so about seeing him perform. He probably came in and said, decide an immediate extension. I want $7 million a year for four years. And Sweeney went, why don't we wait and see what happens here? Right? Like, I'm not willing to pay you right now for two goals and what is it, 17 assists or 19 assists, whatever it is. Like, yeah. I, my opinion is he probably came in and said, I want the money and I'll sign right now. And Sweeney went, I'm not giving you any money right now. Let's see what happens. And we'll go from there. Or at least that's what I hope 
happens <laughs> in that situation. I listen, I want to be wrong about Hall. I think I even told, you know, I told somebody, I think it was this morning on Twitter, like receipt me, take screenshots of everything I've written down in the last 48 hours. And when Hall scores 15 goals for the remainder of the season, you send me every one of those tweets and you know what? I'll write a whole article about how wrong I was and I'll use your screenshots. But like for right now, let's hope the guy comes, fits, meshes, signs a shorter deal for reasonable money and sticks around a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my big thing, well, my worry, I guess, is if we want him for a short term, like how things have been going the last however many years in the league, a short term always means a bigger dollar number. If you want that smaller dollar number, it's got to be a longer term deal. And I, I don't, I don't think signing him for seven or eight years is, is a good idea. I think it's, you know, he's been shown to have flashes of brilliance in the past, followed by like whole seasons where he's just, is a passenger. And that's, so, I mean, that's the last thing that the Bruins need. And that's exactly it for me, especially if 46 is a playmaker, isn't on your roster anymore. Is Coyle going to center him? Right? Like, so, so now you have to start thinking about a couple of years out. And then there's a great question in the chat here. So Hall said something happened with the deal in Boston and that's what led to Buffalo. What happened? What was the thing that happened? I, We'll yeah, never know. Didn't what the, give him eight million. Yeah, exactly. We'll never know what the thing was, but I can promise you it was that he asked for way too much money, and the Bruins went, "This is what we're willing to give you for this term. Take it or leave it." And he went, "I can make double in Buffalo." I, right? I like, actually, <laughs> I actually heard on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick a while ago um, that Buffalo was the only team that offered him a deal. And this was during the, uh, you know, the off season. We didn't know when this, when the next regular season was coming up. So a lot of different angles were coming at you with the whole COVID thing. And yeah, yeah. should we invest this money now? And what if it doesn't happen? You know, it, it's, I mean, general managers were going crazy. So uh, Buffalo, I heard from them on their podcast, was the pretty much only one that said, hey, we'll do it. But I could be wrong on that, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe I, I heard the same interview, Mark, right? And I think I think even with what Hall said today, right? Like, it doesn't take away the fact that Boston potentially pulled out towards the end of it, For right? Sure. Like, they could have they could have been in on the conversation and something made them go, you know what? This isn't the right offseason to do this. And then when the trade came up, I mean, no matter what, you have to believe the fact that he says he wants to be here because he waived his his non-movement clause right so like he wants to be here which is great now come here and do something right like, <laughs> prove, yeah. prove your value and then get paid based on what you prove i mean it's the shortest audition for a contract extension you could possibly ask for in a shortened condensed season when there's a flat cap like this is it, buddy. You're gonna you're gonna make whatever you make next because of whatever you do in this short span of games. For yeah. sure. Um, I got a question for you. Uh, I know you'd mentioned like if we don't if we move on from from Krejci and will Hall be able to work with with Coil? Would uh, do you think they would experiment with that during this season, having Hall play with Coil to see if it works? 
I, I mean, if, if you're asking me, to be honest with you, Coil's uh, non-point producing games are a very scary thing for me when you're trying to feed a guy like Hall all the time. If you're not doing it on your on your third line with the your, the complemented pieces on your left and right now, I wouldn't want to put him in between uh, Dabrowski and 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 uh, Coil. I mean, I'm sorry, um, Hall. I got to get used to that name now. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I I don't know. Charlie's really kind of getting me all kind of ruffled up here with uh his his um oh I don't know. It's, it's just that he he can't get points. Can't sh- I mean he does the right things when it comes to puck possession and so on, but it's just not enough for me. I want to get more shots on net. I want you know we need to see what we're seeing from Smith right now in Coil. But yeah, then why yeah, are just, we moving why are we moving Smith out of the role with Bergeron and Marchand to put Pasternak back? It's working, right? Well, I, right, leave Smith where he is right now. But it's, clearly something's going on with Pasta. He either needs to rest and heal whatever's going on, or he needs to go sign up for one of those weird like hockey voodoo rituals that these guys are are into and like <laughs> figure out whatever demon it is he needs to get out, but like the dude's tripping over his own feet. Like that's not a great sign when it comes to your, your most gifted skater. Well, yeah, no, uh, for sure. I, I think, um, I don't, I think it was Brett Howard who I had on the program yesterday, the black and gold hockey podcast episode two twenty three, And he mentioned that he's using new equipment now. He's yeah, uh, today. Yeah. He's sponsored by Bauer. So this might be just a very big adjustment period for him uh, and, and new skates and so on. So I'm not going to blame the blades because I know two gentlemen that actually make those. So um, I'm not going to put the put the blame on my friends. But uh, no, it could be a difference of skate uh, equipment. It'll do that to a player, man. Once you're working with a certain piece of equipment and you, you move to something else, you know, but big tickets uh, happen to freaking, um, you know, pave their way to certain uh, playing time. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I'm hopeful, right? Like, I, listen, the, the one thing I enjoy right now is Bruce Cassidy as a coach. I, I know that there's some, some heat out there on him right now. I actually think Bruce is a great coach. I think he has an ability to reach players in a way we, we haven't seen as a Boston organization in quite a while. And certainly I think a lot of teams around the NHL would like to have a coach that relates to the players like that. Um, I, I think that this team's going to be all right. I still don't think what they did today positions them to win the cup this year. And that's okay. As long as you turn what happened today into a little bit more, as long as you get Hall signed to another couple of years, or you get, if you get something else out of this, then I'm perfectly fine with what I, I'm already happy with what happened today. I think it turns it into an A plus kind of day for Don Sweeney. Yeah. Mike, what do you think about um, the lineup moving forward? Got anything for us? Well, I think you have to get the perfection line back together. I think that's a no-brainer. They're one of the best in the league. That's why they're called the perfection line. Um, put Pasternak back up there, let them work through it, because they will do that, because they always do. And having that line like Hull, Krejci, Pasternak with Smith staying up there, even though that's working right now, I think that 
is a terrible idea because I don't see Hall, Krejci, Pasternak working in all three zones of the ice against other teams' second lines. I just don't see, I mean, they're a star-studded line, but I don't see it, and I see it as a defensive liability. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that, especially with, with Pasternak struggling and the question mark that is Taylor Hall. It, that, that just seems like a, a, a bit of a risk. And yeah, I like, like the... Sorry, go. Uh, I say the, the the reason that I would be comfortable putting them back together, even though Smith is working really well with Bergeron and Marchand, is is that even when they bumped Smith away from Bergeron and Marchand in the last game or a couple games ago, um, he was still he was still buzzing. He still got the the primary assist on DeBrusque's goal. So he, he, I mean, it looks like he's woken up, and that helped him big time. So I have more faith in him keeping that level of play moving down. And I do Pasternak finding it with another new line mate, as opposed to the yeah. two that he's familiar with. Yeah. I think you have your Marshy and Bergeron and Pasternak, but Marshy and Bergey for sure. There's your defensive Pasternak, your big scorer. Not that the other two don't because they do too, but then you got Hall, Krejci. You need to have Smith on the second line for your all three zone kind of coverage, just three players that work well together. And then you're going to be, I like DeBrusque and Coyle in the third line who plays right wing. I have no idea. Um, and then your fourth line getting into defenseman now with Riley. He's obviously going to fit in on the second pairing with Carlo. And I think they'll work well together. He's got a bit of offensive upside with his game. Um, and then Grizz, McAvoy, and probably Lozon and Miller, Clifton in and out there. Um, but I think this is all off-season. Who do you protect in the expansion draft? Yeah. My, is the big question. Anywhere we go with this conversation, the, the expansion draft is going to play a huge part in it. It's looming large. Like, I, I'm, I'm your Bergeron, Marchand pasta obviously um i think your coil obviously i think you're gonna now say hall stays there you gotta keep hall and then where's your last one go to you got one more spot and you have say in your top group richie debrusque smith frederick and you only have two they have to make a deal they're gonna have to make a deal with seattle to not take somebody yeah i mean my only my only thought is um you know what is what is it that they're going to or when is it that they're going to sign hall if they sign hall right because you can you can delay that you can have a whisper deal on the side until after the expansion draft if you have to um, my bigger concern is that if you want to do anything here leading up to the expansion draft in terms of signing any of your players, right? You're right. You start to open up a, a possibility where you just don't have enough space to fit in all the people you want to keep. 
But then again, and, and this is going to sound a little crazy, and I'm just saying this out loud now, so I have not thought this through, but what if you expose somebody like Coil? I mean, what's Coil making? Five. Five? You got another four or three more years to go? Oh, I have Cat Friendly right here. Um, yeah, so like if if we look at what Coil's made, and, and listen, I'm not saying I want to lose Coil. Like I, I have this well, bad feeling. You get him to waive his no movement clause to be able to expose him. Does he has a no movement? Yeah, so, okay. It's him and the top line. There are the four that have to be protected, unless yeah. one of them caves. He's got both of them modified and a no move, and he's signed yeah, for man. this year, obviously, and next. And and he is a UFA in twenty six twenty seven. Well, all right. So that doesn't work. But th- I'm just saying that that's one of those contracts where. I feel like Don Sweeney maybe maybe shed a little Boston love onto that onto that contract a little bit, but oh, I, I'm a I'm a Coil fan still. I I think that he he plays well. Um, I just I'm not sure that I'm locked into him for such term and money, but is what it is if they've signed him that way. Yeah. Yeah. I um if if there was anybody that I was I'd give up right now if Seattle was calling, um it'd be Sean Corrali for a forward. I've I've I like Sean I like his speed but I want Sean Corrali two seasons ago. Uh, yeah. The last the last two seasons it just seems like he's been falling off the the the, the beaten path here and you know, when you're. And he was a big part of that fourth line identity for this Boston Bruins team with his speed and his tenacious forechecking. And I just don't see it anymore. It's just maybe it's the is you know the COVID times and all this crap. But still, it's just you still got to live up to your contract. You still got to play the game and everything like that. So we'll see what happens. And he's a UFA at the end of the season, only making one point two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't see them. Uh, I can't see them bringing him back. I think that that bottom six is uh, there's nine players that'll fit in that right now. I, I don't see them bringing Corrali back the way, the way that he's been playing this year and, and last year to your point. Well, and Sweeney's historically let guys that you would think, Oh, well maybe signed to a fourth line deal type thing, right? He's let them walk. Um, so historically he's, He's been don't sleep on Lazar. I think that's a valid point, right? And we haven't really touched on him because obviously Hall is the big name out of that deal. But yeah. I agree with that. Don't sleep on Lazar. Like I do think he was a legitimate piece. And honestly, it's part of the reason I think that deal today was such a steal, right? Or last night. Cause like you got yeah, Hall and Lazar out of that deal. I just I still am not entirely sure what the hell they're doing in Buffalo, but I guess that's not for me to figure out. <laughs> Is there yeah, any word so. on um, when Lazar might be ready? Because the last I saw, he was still week to week. Eight yeah, I saw. It sounded like he was potentially pretty close to coming back. Um, okay. From Sweeney's press conference this afternoon, he didn't think he'd be ready instantly, but he didn't think it was um, long term either for him okay, to be well, back. That's, yeah, be... no, I'd like to get Lazar in there for sure. Because I, I yeah. agree, I, I do think that. Uh, that that's a, a good a good pickup for sure. Did you see April? I've seen April for Lazar coming in. Oh really? really? Okay. Yeah. 
I can't got remember. a comment here. It says Lazar oh, said he'd be available for Thursday. See, that's what okay. I heard too. I heard he was I driving. Like he was <laughs> he was driving over the border to come to uh, to Boston, much like Taylor Hall was driving too. Um, but um, no, Lazar is from Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yes. Who am I thinking about? Is it Riley? Riley's, Riley's coming from. from yeah. Okay, so um, I'm not sure about the COVID protocol over the border. What is – is it now five days, or is that going to Canada? So Jaffe going said – Okay. It's going to Canada, and Jaffe said that the rules – this morning, at least, he had a tweet out there that the rules are a little different in terms of how it's working if the player is willing to drive from Canada. So as long as they don't get on a plane from Canada, the rule is different. And if the player is willing to make the drive, that they'll be held to a different quarantine standard than if they fly. Okay, makes that sense. makes that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Riley will be available Tuesday night, and that's coming from Mister Connor Green. Well, so that's what he said. That's what Lazar yeah. said, I believe, in his availability. Sweeney made it sound like it was going to be closer to Thursday because he didn't think he was fully ready to come back. Now. Who the hell knows? Because if the player's saying I'm ready and the GM saying he's not quite ready, that's not off to a great start in terms of the whole yeah. communication <laughs> thing. But um, <laughs> again, I'm not an NHL GM, so there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> I'd like to see that DeBrusque, Coyle, Lazar, third line, right out of the gates. I'd like to see DeBrusque have turned into a third defense, uh, you know, a three or four defensemen, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was on that boat too. <laughs> I think I think DeBrusque that like uh, DeBrusque, Coyle, and Lazar for a third line would be a classic pain in the ass checking line to play against. They yeah. would suck to go against. No, Mike, that's a really good thought because you have a puck possession master in Charlie Coyle right up the middle. Yeah. You have Jeez. your speed. You have your speed with DeBrusque on the left side. And I and I'm not privy on on Lazar or anything like that, but I heard he's a he's a rugged forward. Yeah, he, he's just play. gritty. Yeah, exactly. So I mean th there's a nice mixed bag right there of uh of uh a potential, absolutely. I think we saw that then, not long ago with um when Bjork was playing with Coyle and somebody else was on the right side. I can't remember who it was. It was Smith, wasn't it? Yeah, and I like that yeah, line. Yeah, that was wasn't a good. Bad. Line. And then you get into the as we've talked before, Mark with Frederick. Like I think uh, him getting less minutes and down in the lineup. I think like it's kind of similar to DeBrusque. Less minutes down in the lineup. Uh, confidence not quite there. Like he needs to be getting the reps. He needs the minutes. Is it good to get him playtime in the NHL? Yes. On the fourth line, though, is that the best fit for him? I don't think so. I think he needs to be up on a third line, but is there space for him if he doesn't play on an off wing? No. But I do yeah. see him filling... I don't see Kiralee coming back, and then there you go. Frederick slots in as a fourth-line center, but can he develop the best there? I don't think so. Like, long-term-wise, that's not a good fit for him. Yeah. I, I think Freddie's potential is much higher than a fourth-line. 
Yeah. And, and but he's doing the complimentary things that got him to the NHL right now down at the AHL. He was proving that he, you know, he can stand up, he can be that type of protector and so on. But you know, that's and he shifted over to the left side, so which which made his NHL uh, emergence, especially this year, that much easier for the Boston Bruins to move up because we're so so deep at the middle position. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they they clearly have plans for him, right? Because it sounds like teams were calling to see if he was available, and the Bruins said no. So clearly they feel like he's going to slot in somewhere in the future of this franchise. Um, And so I think that's a good sign for him. But to your point, right, like, is he a fourth-line center? I feel like he's a better fit for a third-line center, but then you've got to figure out what you're doing with your other players and pieces at that point. Krejci goes home to finish out his playing career and Coyle moves to line two, Frederick up to line three. And I, I, it's not the first time I've heard that, Mike. Yeah, no, especially if I think especially uh, I think a big draw to keep some guys there would be getting Hall signed. Yep. I think that would draw Krejci to stay. But if they don't get Hall signed, uh, they take a step back into like what are we a go for it team? Are we a, they're a step closer to retooling if they don't keep Hall. And I could easily see Krejci just with all the circumstances in the world this season, I could easily see him just going home to wrap up a year or two before he packs it in. Like that's not out of the question. Tax so I actually, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that's what Krejci would want to do. I actually think bringing in Hall, though, jeopardizes him wanting to do that. I think if he if he jives with Hall and those guys get it going, I yeah. think he potentially wants to stay another year at a discounted rate. I don't know, though. I'm like, I'm kind of ready to move on. And I know that's that's a hard statement to make being a Bruins fan and how long he's been here and how important he's been and playoff Krejci. But, like, I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of ready to move on. And I don't, Hall, I don't know that I think Coyle's the answer, though. I guess just to finish that. <laughs> without Hall, I was a uh, trade Krejci by the deadline. Move him. Um, and I do, just to take the other side of your point, if Krejci's out of the picture, I see Coyle as a perfect fit as a second-line center. Is he playing up to his potential right now? Uh, no, but is he exactly what you want in like your prototypical second line center? Oh yeah. He's a big body. He's hard to play against. He's strong on the puck and he is a puck protector. You put a playmaker with him and somebody that can put the puck in the net and let him play the middle of the ice and do what he does, regardless of his stats. He's perfect in that. Who do you spot. put on the right then? Right. Cause you have all on the left. You have coil up the middle. Yeah. You need, I guess my, if, if you're going to do that, you need somebody on the right with speed still. That I can, still that, like Hall, Coyle, and Smith. You've got okay. speed. You've got scoring. You've got hard on the puck. You've got aggressive four check. Good in all three zones. Like, I think, I don't know if they move. <laughs> if Krejci didn't move or didn't come back and they get Hall, uh, signed in there, Hall, Coyle, Smith, very, very solid second line, can play with anybody in the league. I have no problem with that line 
as a second line at all with keeping Marcy Bergey pasta and then bringing in some of the young guns. And you got Frederick moving into that line three. Um, maybe you're moving Studnika up into a wing spot on the third line, even like start getting. I yeah. Think I those, mean, hey, I don't think those guys are fourth line players. I think you got to move Frederick and Studnika when they come in, they got to be getting at least third line minutes. You can't dump them on the fourth line. That'll crush them. Real quick, I want to answer Lance uh, Scavetta's question. What about Beecher? Um, just finished his um, his sophomore year at uh, Michigan. I'm not even putting him in the, into the mix in the next two years. We'll probably look at that, revisit that when you know it comes up. But he's he's not he's still in the NCAA right now, and it remains yeah. to be seen if he's going to be signed um, to a, a pro contract. So I don't see him next year but maybe the year after. Lauco, I'm a big fan of Lauco. I watch him all the time. I cover the Providence Bruins as a media member. Um, I still think he needs a little more time. So the the NHL roster is going to dictate where these kids are playing. And if you're not one of the better players, you're not going to get in the lineup. And I still think that uh, Jakob has the speed, has the skill, but he's got to work on his two-way style of game. Um, and, and, what I've noticed in the past couple of years, especially when he was playing up in the queue at, with the Ruanda, uh, I can never say that, Ruanda Huskies, uh, he, his speed was so fast that he had trouble uh, keeping possession of the puck. So he's, there's, there's small things that he's got to work on. I mean, he's threshold, threshold NHL right now, and I believe he's going to be there sooner or later. But these are all uh, guys that are, that are way down the depth right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm looking at the like if if big change is ushered in and the inevitable happens when it happens, I don't know, but the inevitable is like Krejci moving on, some of these guys moving on. That's just the game, whether we like it or not. But one um, one thing that I've really thought that could happen sooner than later, like Lauco, I see as a He's been playing solid. Uh, does he need more reps to get to like an NHL game? Of course. But I've in the back of my head is when needed to fill these spots with cheaper deals to maybe make runs at some free agents that can like really tilt the scale, more specifically on the blue line. I wish and I hope that Lauco can keep developing. And I would really, really like to see uh, in time a third line of Lauco, Frederick, Stanika on the right wing. As a third line, getting decent minutes and kind of protected from other teams' top guns. That's like in a perfect world, I would love to see those three together eventually. Go ahead, Rafa. You want to say something? Um. I, I'm not super familiar with the uh, with the Providence Bruins and, and everything down there. I just he, hearing that thing in Lauco, like is he is he that close that he'll be looking to get into the NHL in the next year or two? Because because if it's going to be longer than that, then it, it, I don't think it'll be on a third line role, right? If he's as highly touted as I'm hearing, like by that point, our aging core will be on the way out like more than just 
more than just Krejci, right? So yeah, yeah, he's he's got two more years under his uh, current entry level deal, and it's okay. seven hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars. So that's seven hundred grand at the NHL level and seventy thousand yeah. dollars at the AHL. Okay, uh, that's, that's like a, that's a best case scenario. Yeah, fair for sure. Like you need sure. to to be able to see now to win, you need those entry level deals having an impact at the NHL. And I could see Lauco doing that next year though. I don't think so, but the year after very well likely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Departures are going to dictate what's going to happen with these younger kids. Like, um, like after this season, uh, who knows what happens to Corrali? If they move away from Corrali, now it's a plug-and-play type of freaking game here. You could easily put Oscar Steen in Sean Corrali's role. He uh, Steen can play the wing, and he can play center. So he's much of a, a little mixed bag right there. Like this, this off season is like one of the most intriguing. Yeah, like in in years, in a long time that I yeah. can remember watching the Bruins. Like there's. Like you got these veterans that have been there forever that are could very well just walk away easily if that's what they want to do, like choose your own destiny, go home, maybe. Like that's not out of the question. There's no guarantee in them staying. It would be nice if they stayed, but then at the same time, with that hard cap, like how much of a deal do they take? And then if they leave, that frees you up. Uh, the Krejci example. There's another seven million. Like you can, you could be pushing like forty million plus if some of these guys just walk away to chase free agents. Which, I if they need it anywhere, they need it on the blue line badly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the trade. I feel like we haven't touched on much today, right? Um, so the the Riley trade, right? I mean, y- you did something, but I feel like in a how many defensemen have they used this year? 11, 12? Are we even yeah. past that at this point? Yeah. Like, I, like I really, really was hoping that you were going to bring somebody top four in. Um, again, they got a they got a great deal on Hall. I think Riley's going to be a decent defenseman for them. Uh, maybe replaces a little bit of that Krug factor you thought you were going to get out of Grizzlick, right? Um, I just don't know that they did enough in maybe their weakest area and I get it. Like, uh, so we're about to get a comment. I can tell you right now, some comment about how their defense when it's healthy is top three. And if you look at their stats and you don't know how to read and whatever comments about to come, I hear all of those things. Um, but at the end of the day, it, this is also a, 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 an eye test here. Just look at them play. There is a team. If you play them five, seven games, right? They're going to expose you, right? So like we needed something a little bit more there if we wanted to be cup contenders this year. And that's the one piece of, you know, I, I think on Twitter earlier, I gave Don Sweeney an A minus and I had a couple of different people tell me, well, what more could have he done? Well, he could have used that long-term injury reserve or DeBrusque or some other piece to make a little bit space to bring in that one more kind of difference maker and i probably would have been fighting mark about them being (laughs) cup contenders this year but instead i'm kind of just like hey this is going to be fun like this is the most fun i've had on trade deadline day in a long time nice well i'm glad you came um so so that's that that's great but like 
I don't think it was made they, the difference that we're going to be driving the duck boats anytime soon. Yes. Were they th- were they third? I think they're third in goals against, or very recently yeah. they were in the league. Yeah. With, uh, yep. with a very like not a big name defense, but I think McAvoy is an absolute rock star. I'm obsessed with him. Um, Grizz, since I've wanted to see Grizz and McAvoy paired together since they both got brought into the organization, both coming from BU. Like oh, yeah. I, that's years in the making. I've wanted to see Jeez. that. So I'm My very friend Heather would love happening. you. <laughs> and then, uh, Heather, Heather would love you. Yeah. <laughs> and Carlo, I love Carlo. He's incredible. I saw him play a lot in junior, like for two or three years, saw him in a lot of junior games. Um, bringing in Riley, like, I'm not sure. I think he R- kind of fits R- in where he is. But Riley, he's not, though, like, I think a sneaky good pickup. I really do. Yeah, and I think him, I think playing him anywhere other than with Carlo makes him not as valuable. I think he has to be with Carlo. Him and Carlo could be incredible. Yep. But I think the, I don't know, the third line for defense like you're going to have to play you're going to have Lozon and Miller and Clifton like it's like the bottom the bottom grouping of the forward group just mix uh, I don't and even, match throw in whoever I don't even want to get into the whole Miller thing cuz I'm not looking to get thrown off of the internet tonight so <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody I save me cuz <laughs> I definitely agree that uh, I I wanted something something more substantial on, on defense and like I, I had, well, I had a trade that I was thinking of. Um, and it, I don't know if it even ever could have worked, but I would have loved for the Bruins to go after Giordano in Calgary. I think uh, he's would have fit a similar role to what they had wanted Chara to fill that he didn't want to. Like he, he could have been taking less minutes, been a four or five experienced guy. I mean, he's, He's playing not his best hockey, but he's still definitely very effective in Calgary until their season kind of went went downhill and they had to play him 24 minutes a night. But when he can play low, lower minutes, like he, he puts up points and he's a strong defender and he's big. And he's if they would be willing to hold, like, uh, retain 50% of the salary, it would have been a, around $3 million. I think he's making around six. And you have him for one more year after this year. I, th- I think that would have been that's the move that I really wanted to see, and that's the move where I could have seen DeBrus going the other way. So I know uh, he's got family in Alberta, and that would have been big for. I think it would have helped him a lot. I think he would produce really well in a new environment. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. He's struggling, and I don't see him coming out of it anytime soon. Uh, but that that's just me. Uh, actually, in, in the chat, in the chat, Connor uh, Connor Green says, "Been talking to some folks in Calgary. They are under the impression Geo moves during the off season. So throw you might be house. able to, yeah, <laughs> throw the house at Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, jeez, <laughs> we already we already fleeced Buffalo. Come on, man. We took their like best player, and he had two goals. <laughs> that was my." My dream scenario included Hall and Darlene and honestly throwing the house at Buffalo to do so. Jeez. 
I'm just and I'm, you got, I'm, and you got two and you got two years, like literally very realistically two years to run it two more cups. Jeez. And then and then it's dismantled. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's all for like the big thinking boom. Yeah. <laughs> I love Yeah, it. that would have well, that would have been entertaining right? as hell. That's that's for sure. A safe, safe, realistic thinking, and then like totally what is happening, run and gun for everything for the short window that's there. Are you related to the Bagulas? <laughs> I was that thinking seems like what they not, want to do. Not that I think that that would ever happen, but right. if you're thinking like on both sides, safe, realistic, and then something just like wild and out there. I mean, crazier things have happened. Wayne Gretzky got traded, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was crazy. I remember that too. I'm showing. That's my just age. my little. <laughs> that's just my little quip of like. Uh, Darlene and McAvoy for the next 15 years uh, would be heaven and amazing. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, defense and adding a little goaltending talk, uh, Charlie McAvoy is, uh, I guess, slated to return tomorrow night uh, or Thursday. And Rask is also uh, could be Thursday, too. So um, do not rush Rask back. Please. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about uh, the defense is it, maybe the Boston Bruins didn't go out and address the defensive need right now because of the fact is that so many are on uh, injured reserve or, you know, Carlo and so on. And if you bring on another defenseman, then you have to expose another defenseman. The, 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 the Seattle draft keeps keeps coming back. And every every time I want to talk about something, I, I mm-hmm. say something, and I'm like, damn it, Seattle. I can't wait till this is over because like, I mean think- I'm confused. I was confused in in Vegas draft, and I'm confused in this one. And I just hope we stay at 32, so I don't have any more confusion. Do you think they can um, just let's just say say Krejci comes back for um, two years, one year? Do you think they can get Krejci for five or less? They have to. Yeah, they, they better. Exactly. No, would he though? Would he do yeah, that? Yeah, I know. I if not, goodbye. And then, <laughs> and then, do they get who else is up? Carlo. Um, I'm gonna look at cap friendly right now. Um, is Carlo this year or next? A, this year. Like basically, basically, your top mix of players. Can they get? Can they sign them all? Can they sign those? Anybody who's up, Mark, go down the list and just think like. All right. So, Krejci, UFA. Walk. Taylor Hall, can, UFA. And him, yeah. Can they sign these guys for less than $5 million? Yeah. Nick Ritchie's the RFA with uh, arbitration rights. Sean Corrales, a UFA. Anton Bleed. I just can't say goodbye to Anton Bleed. I'm not even going to. Kevin Miller. I, I would walk from Kevin Miller, 33 years old. Yeah, um, like you should have last off season. Just to I know. be clear, I know. Uh, Stephen Camper um, and Jared Tenorti. I don't think those guys would be around. But when you look at you got Tuka Rask, you got Brandon Carlo, you got Kasha. I don't think they should bring him back anyway. But no. there's still there's still a lot you still have to work with. Um, like, do you th- in the off season? But still, you still have enough funds that you can go and attack uh, certain things. 
yeah, leaving, like, I'm thinking it would be nice to get those key guys and kind of have their main spots filled for uh, less than 20. So can they get Krejci for no more than five? Can they get Hall for no more than five? Can they get Carlo for no more than five? Like, they're not going to sign any... Nobody's going to be making more than Bergeron and Martian. I don't see... Like, they're not going to sign Hall for a length of term for more than they're making now. It's just not going to happen. So will he... These guys got to take cuts to stay with a contending team, basically, and will they all do that? I hope so. I... I've got, I've got this, I've got this math down. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to do it for under 20. You give Rask four and a half, Carlo five, Hall five, and Krejci 3.5 if he wants to stay or he can walk the hell out the door. What's McAvoy getting now? He's going to be on a, um, um, let me just get rid of this now. We're all done talking about basically Taylor Hall. I can move on from that. Krejci. I'm sorry. What were you asking? McAvoy. McAvoy. I know somebody will hit it up in the chat. Yeah. I just don't have it in front of me. I got too many windows open. Jesus. And my computer is slowing down. It's a crazy off season is what it is. It's absolutely. It is a crazy off season. Yeah. There's murmurings of Rask, like, is he going to be done? Is him and Krejci going to be done? Because they might be in trouble if those two guys are done. Um, yeah, hopefully they can get Rask for why can't another find... year or two. That would be ideal, I think. Yeah. McAvoy, he's got one more full season, and then he's got RFA and he's um, arbitration. And what's his uh, what does his qualifying have to be? Because didn't they didn't so, they structure his deal so that he's making most of his money in the in yeah. the last year? So they have yeah, to him. Yeah, so he's at four point nine right now. Okay. So yeah, so his cap hit is split evenly, right? Four point nine yeah, across yeah, yeah, the three years of the of the of the but his total salary is seven point three million in his last year. Right, so he's making three seven right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Connor Green says yes. His qualifying offer would be about six million. So you give you give a uh, Carlo a million less. Yeah. Bring him in at five. Give Hall five at two or three years. Well, his Carlo's injuries and are going to play a big part in on they him get, getting uh, getting a raise. They you know, should if honestly. He, if he's making two point five now, give him three point five next season, or and, an extension. He can't stay healthy. So let's get rid of the regular season right now. He hasn't been able to able to stay healthy in the playoffs. One like, year. So, but still, like he he can't right. stay healthy, right? Like it's a it's a track record now of he had the postseason issue, and now he's had the regular season issue. Maybe he's great in the postseason this year. Who knows? Assuming we make it, I do make think it. we make it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, so. I'm just yeah, trying we, to. We better <laughs> trying to get a few people, few people angry while I'm yeah. at it. Um, <laughs> and then three and a half for Krejci. 
Don't don't yeah. pay him more than three and a half. And Mark can attest to this. I have been saying that for months. This has nothing to do with today. Yeah, I do no, not I, want to overpay Krejci. I agree with that 100%. I, uh, yeah, I, I think you need to. You need to give him a pay cut like that or or else move on from him because you just you can't afford it. There's too many guys that are going to be looking for raises, and he shouldn't be one of them. Yeah. You also got to think about the the upcoming prospect core that's, you know, can be plugged in at a, at a lower cap number, like Connor was saying a while ago in the chat. It's good to have these entry level deals because the, if you're if you're spending to the ceiling like the Boston Bruins do, and I cannot stand when people freaking talk about the Jacobs and their cheap. Yeah, but Jacobs they, is cheap. They were back then in a non salary cap world back in the day. They were absolutely cheap scumbags. This and that. They did nothing for Ray Bork. But in a salary cap world, they spend right up to the ceiling within a million or two of it. So that narrative is just mind boggling. Well, they go over it with the bonuses. Yeah. So so it's just, I don't know. It's maddening sometimes when you talk to a certain folk out there that always want to blame ownership and so on when you should be talking to the uh, uh, management and see how how they did. Last minute discussion. You got to go, Bruins? I mean, uh, Mike? Yeah, I got to go feed the kids here. All right, man. Well, if you want to bounce out... Um, Thank you so much for uh, stopping by. I truly appreciate it. I want to so stay, that, though, but I can't. Well, it's up to you. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm not the one that's probably going to get, uh, you know, in trouble for not feeding the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, but we'll, definitely, uh... we'll definitely do this again sometime. I plan on doing these more to create some more content for the podcast during the midweek oh, show. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get yeah, together. I'll, I'll hop in these more for sure. I love this stuff. It's awesome. 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 I appreciate it, man. You have a good one. Yeah. And uh, please, I uh, hope the kids and family and everybody's safe up there. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Have a good one, man. Look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. Have a good one. Later. All right. That was Mike Dalby. Great guy. Uh, lots. He, he provides so much stuff in the chat um, when we do these live streams. And he just, you know, he's a. A good, good, knowledgeable person that I, I look forward to having back on sooner or later. Um, My contributions to the live stream are usually just sarcasm, so I like to do it. it live too. <laughs> but hey, you know that's that's welcome too. You know that's content. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we've been over an hour now, so um, I'm probably gonna call it a, a day. Um, but. I don't think there's anything else to really get touched on right now. I mean, uh, w when it comes to topics, unless, uh, wait a minute, uh, Connor says something. Mark, you mentioned the LTIR space for this season. I think it should be talked about. I'm actually really concerned why um, injured reserve, why um, Mr. Moore is not on any of that. He's going to play 38 games in the last 12 days and actually get taken by Seattle still. So don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't understand why his money's not on LTIR and we can't save that. John I Moore. don't understand that either. There was, yeah, there was room. They didn't make a move that, that required it. Right. Like they, I'm sure they would have had, they been able to pull the trigger on another deal. Like if it was necessary. But this is what drives me nuts. I spent 50% of my day today 
arguing with people on Twitter. And I'm not kidding when I say 50%. 50% of my day today trying to explain that there was, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was cat friendly. Um, but somebody was like, oh, the Bruins only have like $36,000 in cap space left. And I was like, for the love of everything in the world, please understand that there's more money to work with. Yeah. This is not reality. Yeah. And no, it was like, well, you just don't like, I, it was mind boggling. Like the amount of argument I had on this today, it's because they didn't need it but they really could have used to need it. Cause if they had done that one more piece, I really think they were contenders. I I'm right there with you on that. I absolutely agree. I, I was driving the duck boat right by Mark's house. <laughs> <laughs> I was going out to acquire a duck boat on trade deadline day and just to drive it by Mark's house. Hopefully, just... hopefully that tab's not on B and G man. Cause I'm not paying the bill. <laughs> <laughs> no comment at this time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the current cap space on cap friendly for the Boston Bruins uh, is $127,000. And that yeah. is right up against it. And you know, okay, but what so what's what's Morris contract worth if you would put him on 2.7. 2.7. Yep. So you had and he's and he's still good for two more seasons. Yeah, and then you would have had Kasha that you could could have yep. done that with as well. Yeah, he's clearly done for the year. Yeah, and what's he worth? He's worth 2. just 6. over two, I think. Two point six. Yeah. Okay. Two and a half. So you had almost five million dollars to play with if you had wanted to. Right. To bring in that that third or fourth defenseman that could have made the made the difference for you this year. So that's why I didn't give Sweeney the A plus. I gave him the A minus. Which... No, I I agree with that for sure. I'd give him I'd give him you know an A A plus on the moves that he did make. But overall, I don't think he can get an A plus because of the moves that he didn't make. I'll he... give a <laughs> Mike Dalby's back in the house. <laughs> he's in the chat. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, make a deal with Seattle and things happen with Vegas. Pay a first round pick to take more. Oh, oh, don't do that. Oh, I hate that idea. This so this is another Bacchus situation. Yeah, exactly. I just don't yeah, want to do that. Because it was like, okay, we need to get the cap space, the AEV, the six million off of David Bacchus. But you also gotta give a first round pick to make you know um Anaheim bite on that. And they both they you know, but I don't know. I I actually want to research now on how that pick actually turned out. Like a trade tree situation? Kind of, just to see where, where you know, if who was picked at that, and then where are they now, and then look at their stats and see if they're even in the NHL right now. So if they're not, it's pretty much non-relevant. With that but, 5.2, you can use that for performance bonuses. That's true. You can use that for performance bonuses, and I'd imagine as they approach the end of the season – they'll consider some of those things to keep themselves out of any sort of penalty this year. I think they're in pretty good shape though. Yeah. Honestly, not to pay a penalty this year. Right. Next year is going to be the most free they've been in terms of cap space in a long time. Oh, absolutely. Like since the cap came in pretty much. Right. Right. Like this is going to be a year. Now 
now, and and I don't mean to be negative because I know I've been accused of being negative once or twice. No, <laughs> not my thing. But um, is Don Sweeney going to do anything with it? Right. I mean, I I know there's a lot of excitement around Hall, but like, and Mark, I think you saw this tweet earlier, right? Somebody was like, "Well, this is brand new for the Bru. This isn't brand new. This is classic Bruins." Buy low and hope you hit that that jackpot. The only difference is this time they didn't overpay for it. So, like, congratulations. You didn't give away your first to, you know, buy low and hope to hit. So, this isn't different, though. Like, this is yeah. classic Don Sweeney. To me, to be honest with you, and it's, and it's going to be a terrible comparison, and I hope folks in the chat don't kill me for it, <laughs> but this is like trading... Um, and I don't remember his freaking name now. Shit. Oh, oh, Christopher Stieg for Brandon Bochensky. It's all <laughs> about potential. It's all about potential. Mark, I kind of hope somebody gets you in the chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, asshole. But all we're doing right now is we're trading for somebody to see how he's doing. We know about his past, but we're we're now we're just thinking about what he can do. Let's get it together. Let's hope he's in the lineup tomorrow and lights up his former team, Buffalo. If he gets a hat trick tomorrow, that'd be awesome because he'd have more goals in one game than he ever did with Buffalo. Done. <laughs> Done. I'll take it. I'll put three units on it tomorrow night, Mark. Yeah. Let's yeah just hope- what, what are the odds you're going to get on that one? Yeah. Oh, I bet you they're a good prop bet. Let's just hope our book has the. Mm. I, I can't stand that. It is bad. They should have the whole lineup, man. I know. I and other books, other books do have the whole lineup. See, this is why I can't wait to record the podcast tomorrow because I am just like ready to go. (laughs) Oh, you're recording tomorrow? Yeah, we're recording tomorrow night. Nice. I am. I am officially back as long as after I, you know, stand up. It goes well after this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, we're officially back. Tomorrow night we're recording. We'll release Wednesday morning, and we're back to every week from here on out. So Yeah, buddy. So happy. um, But, yeah, I'll do three units on Hall getting the hat trick as long as our book gives us the option. (laughs) Jesus, if you need help on that, I'll send you a Venmo. (laughs) (laughs) Just send the money to National Grid when they come looking for it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Please, uh, you know, I have to give my call out now. Please only bet what you can afford to lose. Um, that NZ Inc. 107 got my Wojcicki freaking thing. He's just like, Wojcicki. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was awesome. I also had <laughs> Brandon. That's funny. Well, now, now we're just doing a, a charity here for when I throw all this money out the window. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's going to do it. I think we got a solid hour and almost 20 minutes going on. So I want to thank Mike Dalby, who was in the house. I want to thank Rafi. Uh, he's calling from Calgary. Thank you so much for your time, sir. We'll Absolutely, definitely, man. if you're interested again, we'll do this. Uh, we'll do this more often. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Keep me, uh, keep me posted. I, if I can make it, I would love to. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Um, and Mr. Andrew Taverna, good to have you back at B&G again. Rocking and rolling. Got the uh, the Puck Lines podcast going on tomorrow. I look for that to come out on Wednesday. Give him a follow um, at Andrew Taverna and uh, at Puck Lines Pod. Uh, great show if you want to learn a little bit about hockey, but you also want to learn about safe betting. 
Those guys never put me through the ringer. Like, I'll I'll send him a, a a text message and be like, "Hey, should I take a chance on this?" He's like, "Don't touch that." <laughs> it's like I wouldn't let you touch that even if I gave you the money. <laughs> like, okay, that's a no bet for me then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Everybody in the chat, I uh, you guys, I I we really with these um. Um, kind of round table kind of things. We don't get a lot to get into, see who's around, but everybody that's been in here, I truly appreciate it. Uh, and Tim Richardson's in the house. He is a fantastic writer at the black website covering the Providence Bruins. So thank you, Tim, for stopping by. I truly appreciate it. Everybody, the panel, you guys are awesome. I'm going to edit this and try to get it out as soon as possible, but we will do this one more time again. If you guys want to get involved, send me a, 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 a direct message and I'll send you an invite next time. So get everybody, you know, get everybody together. We're one big happy Bruins family. We try to try to uh, create a community. Where we can all and have a safe uh, conversation about our favorite, our favorite team and, uh, and our favorite sport, because this is the best sport in the world. But anyway, I'm, I'm Mark Allred, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and I'm signing off. Thank you very much, Rafi. Thank you very much, Andrew. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.